Hi, Dad. Hi, Celine. Did you know that you and I are about the same age if you count time living in the world? What do you mean? Well, as you know, I left a high-control religious group around the time you were born. So you're in your 20s then? <laughs> well, maybe in my head. The thing is, though, because I had all of my beliefs about morals, science, politics, religion, philosophy provided for me, I spent the last 25 years trying to work out what I should think about a whole bunch of stuff and work out what's going on. No one knows what's going on, Dad. <laughs> well, I think it's about time we did. What Should I Think About is a podcast that sets off on a lofty goal to make sense of the complicated, contradictory, confusing but wonderful thing we call the world. Hello and welcome to the What Should I Think About podcast. I'm Celine, And I'm Stephen. And welcome our very special guest, producer Bob. Hello guys. Great to have you yes. on again. Thank you. Awesome. So we're going to look at the subject of um, women and... Eve, I suppose, uh, as a character that obviously kicks off the Bible in terms of how mm-hmm. women are perceived. Um, this kind of started from uh, a lecture that we were going to talk about. I won't name the lecture because uh, that would be a bit unpleasant, but I think we we, we all found it pretty boring. Um, so <laughs> we decided not to talk about it. <laughs> and hey, it's our podcast, yeah. so we can. Yeah. Um, so we thought we'd just talk more generally about uh, women and the way that women are represented in the Bible, and I'm interested in that, obviously, as a man, um, getting your both of your points of view on that from your perspectives. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I guess I'll just uh, my first question to uh, to you both really is: is your perception of how the Bible treats women and and what impact that might have? Mm-hmm. What, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I'll let you kick off first. I think as um, someone that was sort of yeah raised with a with a Bible upbringing, sure. <laughs> right? Well, um, my thoughts on it are um, obviously the Bible itself. Um, when we look at the Bible, we've got almost two different kinds of books in one because we've got the Old Testament, we've got the New Testament. So Eve appears in the Old Testament right at the beginning in Genesis. And um, right from the get-go, she's presented as the um, the accompaniment to Adam. And um, and then, of course, as the story progresses, we all know the famous story, it was Eve that um, initially mm-hmm. kicked off all the troubles that mankind have, humankind that follow on, that we're all allegedly, you know, dealing with today. Um, so um, I'll just say from the start that I find the Bible to be in incredibly um, sexist and leaning towards um, the male-dominated opinion, the male-dominated point of view. And, um, yeah, and and even, the you know, talking about how God is referred to, um, you know, it's always referred to in the, as the male gender. So, um, yeah, with Eve, um, which I think obviously is going to be a fascinating discussion, um, it would be just really interesting because it's just all about how she um, basically has caused all the trouble that we all deal with today. Mm-hmm. So um, straight from the get-go, we've got women that have been blamed. So, yeah, that's my initial thoughts. It's, it's a big part of um, the conversation, you know, today about women being you know the the position of blame put on women and things like that we've had this conversation i don't know if um it was like fitting with what we talked about the other day dad um there was that thing about that mp that was annoyed that um media 
representation is being taken over by women <laughs> instead. Um, and, you know, this kind of like blame culture and it goes all the way back, you could argue, to this first instance of we'll put blame on this woman. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I guess that's why I get angry about yeah. stuff like that because it seems like not a big deal with just a woman like, oh, I miss Doctor Who when it was a man because men need yeah. stuff. And it's like, you know what I mean? I'm like, okay, it's part of like a bigger cultural thing. It's not just, you know. Yeah taking things away from other people we're talking about blame and, and things like yeah. that here. yeah i think uh, if we just um if we're talking about ave to start with i think it's perhaps useful to um look at how the bible describes what happened so i've, mm. I've um, got up a few verses um so i'm going to read from genesis 3 uh verses 1 to well 24 it says but there's obviously it's not all of that um, this is from actual, the um, i'm not gonna do a bible reading. <laughs> Um, It's from the English Standard Version. It says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. But God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden. Neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Mm. Um, so the first person to sin, obviously, is is the woman, according to the Bible. Um, and in other parts of the Bible, it, it says that um, the woman was deceived. So in, in 2 Corinthians, uh, the Apostle Paul says, but I am afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, mm. your thoughts will, be, thoughts will be led astray. And so on. So, um, and there's there's more than that scripture. Actually, there's quite yeah. a few that describe Eve as being deceived, mm. um, and she seems to certainly uh, the Apostle Paul seems to really, you know, hammer that home. Actually. Well, I just wanted to. I mean, obviously, um, we're talking about Genesis and Eve at the moment, but the Apostle Paul. Oh my yeah. goodness, let's talk about him mm. later, because um, <laughs> if you ever want to know about how um, you know people. In, the, in those times thought about women um, clearly the Apostle Paul had some opinions that are quite interesting so perhaps we can brew on him a little bit later well well yeah I mean we can yeah. definitely come back to it later but um, I think it's, it's kind of yeah. relevant now so I'll, I'll read I'll read what he says in First Timothy he says let a woman learn quietly with all submissiveness yeah. I do not permit a woman to teach or to exercise authority yeah. over a man. Rather, she is to remain quiet. For Adam was formed first, then Eve, and Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and became a transgressor. Uh, and here's here's a good one. Uh, yet she will be saved through childbearing if they continue in faith and love and holiness with self-control. Um, so, yeah, I mean, obviously you could... I'm sure, Celine, you could have a, a good old rant about a lot of that, but um, mm. and you too, yeah. uh, producer Bob. But for me, what's interesting there is that Adam wasn't deceived, which in my view would make him worse than Eve. Yeah. You know, if you're, if you're saying, well, you know, you've got two people that sinned here, both of you ate of this fruit, uh, one of you was deceived and the other one wasn't, you know, you think, well, Actually, the one that was deceived perhaps is slightly less guilty mm. than the one who was. If Adam no, takes that that fruit, mm. he knows exactly what he's doing, which I think makes him worse. But yeah. not according to Paul, there really. My my issue with like the the deception things, it makes it far too easy then for conversations like 
what I had with a relative being like, why can't women be elders? And it's because mm. they're like, you know, in, too caring or or make they might make the wrong decisions whereas men will make the right decisions it lays the groundwork so if you're like oh even if it like takes away from the sting of being maybe they're saying oh we we say this so it's not as blaming it's that she was deceived but then it puts a different issue which is a women can be deceived in a way that men can't do you know what i mean it creates this Mm. environment for then women are that's why women should be subservient to men because look what happens if if you don't set up that system and that's my issue with the deception thing i guess Mm. yeah um but yeah also like yeah the who did it first means that they're in more trouble as well it's just a bit (laughs) yeah uh, yeah it's very interesting i mean there's no there's no good way of reading that in my in my view um but yeah that's um uh yeah so so um so that the Going back to the um, the beginning, so according to Genesis, there's you know there's the, the original couple. Well, actually, obviously, man's created first, and man gets given the job of naming the animals. And the way that it, it's it was taught to me anyway as a as a youngster was that you know um, Adam is busy naming all these animals, which in itself is is really childish. I think to imagine that. You know, God's literally God is bringing to him all the animals, and and Adam is naming them. Mm. You know, mm. that just sounds. I mean, it's all right for a Bible story, but you know. Anyway, that's what Adam's well. doing, and he notices. <laughs> must have took him a while. <laughs> yeah, I always thought about that. Actually, and, good point. You know, like the, the, what you've just said. It's like, well, the, there's literally like billions of different kinds of animals. About eight and a half million. Yeah, and and if you say there there wasn't because they. Uh, you know, we, we we ended up with more than before. Well, then you, you're into evolution territory, aren't you? So, yeah, so, yeah. he did all of them at the start. And what a waste of time! Because you know, obviously, the, we don't know the original language, so um, we don't call them by Adam's names no. anymore. Mm. Um, anyway, so yeah, he he was doing this, and he noticed that, uh, and in fact, God noticed. Um, oh look, um, all the other animals have mates and helpers, and Adam doesn't. So. Uh, God uh, decides to do something about that. So he creates a helper for Adam. So again, you know, that that sense of, um, you know, you've got the man who's the, the really important one and actually he could do the bit of company, he could do the bit of help. Let's create a woman. You know, that's, mm. that's basically the way it reads. Mm. And then what God does is he, um, rather than directly kind of just creating Eve, he takes a rib from Adam um and creates eve out mm. of that somehow yeah um which in itself is actually quite it raises lots and lots of questions um but again it, it means that eve is completely it is is through yeah. man isn't it you know the, the arrival of eve has to be through man as opposed to being just a simple direct yeah. creation mm. so again it positions uh a, a man as 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 closer to the to the god um so yeah i think there's lots of problematic areas there which but you know it, so in itself it's not surprising that then later you get um what paul says and so on because that's actually what they're basing their uh perceptions yeah. of women on yeah. so producer bob um obviously you were raised uh, as a jehovah's witness and so you you've grown up with that um understanding if you like yeah. the idea 
how did how did that go down with you how did you reconcile that in your um, own mind well I think for me personally it's always been a struggle for me um I just yeah. obviously I, I like you said I was brought up as a Jehovah's Witness um which in itself I find to be a, a very male dominated um organization slash religion and um but mm. I'm a modern woman I you know I, I I'm in this century and and I have my own opinions I live in the west and um you know I've got a career I'm independent so um to be taught all this um to be taught basically that women are in subjection to the male all the time um and that is completely drummed into you when you were Jehovah's Witness is actually really difficult because when you're sitting in a meeting, a church service, and um, there's a male speaker, obviously, because like we've just said, women are not permitted to teach in the congregation meetings. And sometimes I would just, I'd have to turn to my mother and just roll my eyes because <laughs> I just, I just think some of the nonsense that was coming out of the, their mouths and stuff. And also I'd think to myself, this person, I sorry it's a terrible speaker and you know when you just think oh I could read this so much better you know and it's just there was there was some um there was definitely some disconnection for me because um it definitely helped to push me towards my awakening from the religious indoctrination definitely it was one of my um difficulties that I had with believing the religion as the truth as it is chosen to be um talked about by jehovah's witnesses i just couldn't see i just couldn't see that a god that was supposed to be all loving and kind that that we were taught um would literally put women in such a second class um category that Hmm. it was a difficult it was definitely difficult for me i would say (laughs) i always wonder as well because i know um with uh as they call them, divided mm. households. Mm. There's more women in than like, you know, in terms of like when one part of the household leaves, it's normally like male that leaves women that stay in mm. typically. Um, obviously that's not always the but case. You're right. But you're right, it's quite, do you think it's, it's very much it's that way. Mm. Something that you see, isn't it? So I just wondered like, when I, when you're looking from the outside, I'm just like, why is that? You'd think it would be the other way around. Do you know yeah, what I, mean? I mean, that's a really interesting question, actually, um, Selena, and one that I've thought about myself, even whilst I was in, um, because obviously, you know, you look around and you see the congregations and it is, it is dominated. Um, they even say women are a large army, don't they, Stephen? That's one of the things they say. They do. And, mm. it, and, it, and because um, one of the only things, really, that women can do is the ministry, which is the preaching of their mm-hmm. of the religion, um, it yep. does tend to fall mainly on the women and that's where the women is large army mm-hmm. thing comes in. And I have wondered that myself because I don't find it a particularly comforting uh, religion for women. Um, the, the, the only thing that I can think of is that um, it has a good community aspect. Um, it does have a good, um, if, you, if, you know, if you're in the community deeply, it has a good network and it's quite supportive. Um, 
generally. <laughs> so if you are a woman that co- is coming to the church services, the, the meetings by yourself and you have got children, that you do tend to find that they are supported quite well. And I think if um, they are in this, like you say, divided house, I think that they just find comfort in that. I think it is just mm. something they can do for themselves or they think they can. And I think that they just yeah. enjoy that. What would you say, Stephen, on that? It's a really good question. It's, mm. it's a, actually a question that um, John Elson, who was one of our previous guests, actually asked, you know, and his observation was, you know, you often see women uh, and they might be on their own, you know, coming to meetings for years yeah. and they just come to the meeting, they sit there and they um, and they go home there. They live quite a lonely life, really. Um, and um, and there's nothing for them, really. You know, there's nothing there's nothing to. Uh, kind of reach for or anything like that and I, I guess uh, yeah I think it must be community mm. I, I don't want to try and presume no. to get into the head of all you know of, of anyone yeah. but certainly not all women that go to the meetings but yeah it's hard yeah. to it is hard to fathom and Absolutely. you're right there are more than men and I, and, I, and I think that that really is because I've thought about this before I think that really must be what it is um, mm. as somebody that's observed like you say Stephen I mean, there's the when in the congregation I grew up in, there, were, there was lots of elderly single women yeah. who had lost their husbands, yeah. or you know, or or even had never, like you said, Stephen, had a partner that was in the Jehovah's Witness religion, and year mm. after year they come along and. Um, you know, they come to the meetings, they go to the, the conventions and assemblies and they tend to band together. They all sit together and stuff. And I just think it's almost becomes mm. like a little second family to them. I think it does. I, the, the other thing which I'm going to say, which might be a bit controversial, so you can um, you can tell me, you know, what you think about <laughs> it. But, um, you know, I, the, the other thing I was going to talk about was the impact that this story has had on Western civilization, really. Yeah. And um, mm. I think the women that we think about um that that have been going for many years and you know maybe uh, growing old in the in the congregation are of a particular time and place um mm. and also influenced by this um world in which we live and i think it it might sit quite well with a certain uh type of woman who's essentially been not not necessarily by jehovah's witnesses but been um conditioned in in the in the western world to think that actually you know that the right thing to do is to to be a good woman and to come along and let the men take the lead and i mean that sits with what my grandmothers would think mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um, that they you know apart from obviously there's the, the women's uh, movements um, that started to to grow and, and get traction but, but witnesses aren't part well they're not but even outside in the world you know it, it wasn't um, I mean, for you, Celine, you, you've grown up in a different world. But even when I was mm. growing up, you know, it, you would rarely see, um, you know, women newsreaders, for instance, were, mm. were were very much fewer than men newsreaders. Yeah, doctors would all be men. Um, academics would mainly be men. You get the odd exception, but they would generally be. It was a very male-dominated world. Therefore, it's not surprising that older women in the congregations would kind of feel okay about that. I think mm. you, you know, more modern women um, notice that, whereas um, older women probably don't. So, yeah, yeah I think that there is a potential crisis for the organisation, amongst many others, is, mm. um, I suppose, if you're born into it, that's one thing, but, but bringing women into the organisation, I'm not sure how well that's going to go I down. I don't know. 
it's in terms of bringing them in, I think it would be more of a situation for like born-ins in that you don't necessarily know what you're missing out, especially mm. if you're like homeschooled. Um, it makes this someone that I know and it makes me sad to, in that they're so bubbly and loud and passionate about things, but they're, they're a girl mm. and, you know, I'm concerned that that's going to be taken away from them. Um because of the way that they get you mean they're they're outgoing (laughs) bubbly personality yeah exactly and like being very you know are they they being brought up in a high control religion yeah 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 so i i worry about that in the sense that they you know they're now homeschooled so yeah they're not going to get any examples because they'll be raised you know like you said um dad with being uh growing up in a world like where it is male dominated. If you're raised in a in a, you know, homeschool witness environment, that is all you're gonna see. So you may as well be growing up yeah. like, you know, thirty yeah. years ago. Yeah, because absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. I mean if you're homeschooled, you go to work in it because they all have their own businesses. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like oh, you you're growing up in that environment still, aren't you? And that's what worries yeah. me. I mean, absolutely I think you've just made an excellent point, Celine. I mean my personal circumstances um actually reflecting back this conversation that we're having now is making Mm. me reflect and think why have I been like this you know why have I noticed Mm. the disconnect between male and females Mm. in in the religion and I think actually um it stems from my grandmother who was um never a Jehovah's Witness she's my mother's mother and she was um ahead of her time really if I reflect back she she um wasn't a housewife she went so this is like going back in the 40s 50s when my mum was born Mm. she went to work she had a housekeeper so that she could um you know and she was a manager at her at her job in a factory. She wasn't just um, you know somebody that went along and and mm. did the actual day to day job. Mm. Um, and she brought my mum and dad, uh, sorry, my mum and my uncle up um, to expect women to have a place in society where they weren't just a housewife. And I think actually now thinking about that, my mum has always, even though she went into the religion. Um, in the 80s when my father got interested in it my mum has always always encouraged me and my sister to be educated to do well at school and our exams we were never homeschooled um I've done personally I've done really well with my career my sister has as well and um I think that if I think backwards that's probably why um we had a background Mm. where we had somebody that was a strong female lead and I think that has helped because what you've just said just about you know children that are homeschooled in the religion and brought up it would drive me nuts because me and my mum um you know we would look around and there was certainly a couple of families in my congregation and I just felt like you just said Celine that I felt that the young girls mm. in that family would completely crush their personalities they were mm. homeschooled they were socially inept because they just didn't have the ability to speak to anybody outside of the religion. And I would, me and my mum would worry. We would think, well, what are they going to do when they're adults? You know, because they have not got that experience of dealing with society as a strong female. And um, yeah, I do think that is going to be a big issue. But those, like you say, are usually born-ins. I think like what you've just said, Stephen, I think it's going to be very interesting 
if they if the Jehovah's Witness religion will be able to manage to bring in any adult females going forward, I would be very surprised. I th- I think that's you know one of many. As I say, I think there's going to be a lot of difficult questions uh, for the organisation to expand through uh, evangelising. I think you know in terms of um, bringing people in through childbirth i mean there might be a shift to to being that's what they try to do but i think in terms of their traditional way of bringing them in through evangelizing uh, certainly in in uh, developed countries where there is a strong feminist movement and um you know i just don't think women will will put up with that unless they've been uh you know conditioned to it for quite some time and in the main i mean you're always going to get some exceptions uh, i was thinking when you were talking about that uh producer bob in that i remember some women in the congregation who were uh, very capable um but when i was because i'm you know i'm by far the oldest here so when when i was younger growing up i remember there were uh, one or two women who went to work not many women did work and again that reflects society at the time mm-hmm. um there wasn't as many women in the workplace um but um but yeah, in the congregation, there were very few. One or two would. So there's one woman in particular, a sister, who had a job um, as a secretary, I think she was. And um, she felt guilty all the time, you know, that she had this job. Because all the messages she'd hear from the platform was, you know, that women should be at home, they should be looking after their children, they should be pioneering if they've got some spare time. And that's what they should be doing. So she felt very, very guilty. And the other thing was her husband... Um, didn't have a very well paid job he, he he had a job i think he was a caretaker of a school which was fine not not a problem with that but he didn't earn very much money so in order for them to be able to uh survive you know she felt like she had to go to work um, but she she struggled with that so much i remember her talking about it quite regularly uh, about how she struggled with that because you know it wasn't seen as the right thing to do mm. um and I think that's really a shame, you know, um, even the fact that it needs must for them. It, it, but even, you know, for women who actually just wanted to have a career, just wanted to go to work. Yeah. That was well, a real guilt trip for we them. Talked about, we talked about mum's mum in her mm, interview, my yeah. nan. So she was, you know, there's a lot of issues around her, but she was also very um, entrepreneurial by nature. And that was not encouraged you know that was bad times um and you know the fact that when she was dealing with mental health issues she was told it's because she's not submissive enough and that she's not you know they're not being a proper husband and wife Mm. or you know he would be told the reason your wife is ill and that your family situation is bad is because you're not being a leader you're you're letting your wife Mm. do it yeah, and I don't think yeah, I don't think that that's a unique oh, no. story, which makes me sad. But um, that is the cultural environment, which again relates to what Donna talked about in her interview. There's this culture that's going on that is affecting absolutely all of these situations. Yeah. And and that you know that it's not surprising that you have this culture because right at the beginning of the Bible, you've got in terms of the way that Eve is created, you've got this this narrative that we've already talked about. After they sin, um, this is what God says to woman. Um, He says, I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband and he shall rule over you. So Mm. it's, you know, up front, there's obviously an 
an imbalance there. But even after sin, it's even worse. You know, you're going to be dominated essentially by your husband. And then we get um, the first century Christian congregation led by the Apostle Paul and Peter as well, uh, making statements about very clearly saying the position of women as submissive in the organization and the Mm -hmm. congregation. Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. for an organisation like Jehovah's Witnesses who who claim to follow closely the the Bible and everything it says in it, um, it's no surprise, is it, that you end up with a culture like that? Because that's you know it, it. Maybe we can talk about this for a minute because I, I did a little bit of looking up. You know, how do more progressive Christian churches cope with those sorts of scriptures? Mm-hmm. I don't know what you think um, about that, guys, but I. I you know how do how do how do you end up with women priests, for instance? You know, given what it says in the Bible, mm. how do you reconcile mm. it? I don't know. Yeah, um, I suppose you might go the Rob Crompton route. I was thinking about <laughs> and, him, yeah. and take it as yeah. yeah, and take it as more um, metaphorical mm. and like stories that you can use and adapt for yeah. um, modern use, but not to take them as literal. Yeah. Is what I would imagine is what these more modern churches are doing Absolutely. i think you're right in order to reconcile yeah. it that would be my thoughts um, yeah i think that's right yeah um, i mean i i personally don't know much about um uh, modern uh religions and, and and you know if, if they've if they've been set up recently more often than not they kind of lean towards <laughs> i think cults more than um you know modern religions be- mm. as we would describe them because religion as uh, as we know it are usually established you know centuries and centuries ago um i do know obviously yeah. when um the uh, was it the roman catholics or was yeah, when they allowed um, mm-hmm. women priests is it the Roman Catholics? Or is it I think it's more the Anglicans, isn't it? The Church of uh, England. Yes. Yeah. Um, see, I, I'm not massively au okay fait with other religions mm. because of my upbringing. That's yeah, something yeah. that I'm going to work on. Um, but I do remember the complete fuss. You know, the mm. press was like having a field day. And, um, yeah. you know, it was just like, well, women have got important role to play in the church as well you know so um mm-hmm. i was really pleased actually when that when the church allowed women priests and you know yeah. gave them the voice um but obviously it didn't go down well with the traditionalists um so well, no um, there's lots of things that don't go down no. traditionalists, <laughs> like, <laughs> like churches that are like it's okay to be gay they're no. like no it says in the bible yeah, yeah and start screaming you know but yeah, there's lots of yeah. things um, like that, but you don't have to go to that church, mm. do you? You know, no. Like, yeah, it's 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 very interesting. Yeah. I'm just fascinated by the, um, I, I guess yeah, it, it's. I think I think the 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 the, the roots are, are twofold. Basically, I think you're right, Celine. That um, there's the the root where you just say, well, you know, the Bible has lots of lessons for us. It was written um, actually you know, in its particular time and place. And therefore um, you can't expect it to have modern day sensibilities, but that doesn't mean that we don't, we can't learn from it. Yeah. And, or that even that it, it's, um, you know, somehow from God. Um, and then you've got the others um, who I have, can I use the word contempt for? Yes. I'm going to use the word contempt for who are, are the apologetics who, you know, will point to the Bible and say, oh, yeah, but look at this. You know, look at Mary and look at Deborah. And, you know, and it's like, oh, well, you can pick out one or two women in the Bible who 
had a bit more of a part. Yeah. Um, but if you yeah. look at um, the statistics around how women are um, identified and talked about in the Bible, you know, I, I tried to do, try to find a definitive number. It's very hard. Yeah. But around sort of 15% of, of any characters in the Bible are women. And of those, okay. not many of those actually do any talking. You know, if you think about um, the women, no, they don't even get named. Um, you know, so oh, people, yeah, that's a joke. It is. Isn't it? There was that book yeah, that's right. What was I mean, all the family tree—they're all like father of, son of, father of, right, son of. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. The only um, uh, pre- uh, uh, dominant um, name, really, other than Eve, is Mary. It's um, Mary, obviously. Mm. Um, and obviously she's good because she's both mother and virgin. Yeah. So it's all good times. <laughs> <Ticks> <laughs> she's all achieving the, the, the goal. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That no one else can attain. Yeah, it, it's it's right, you know. Um, did you, and, manage, and the way did that... you manage to find, Stephen, which ones were talked about as wicked? Because I have, you know, I'd be interested in that. Just do a favourite. Where did Jezebel fit in there? Yeah, um, they're, they're mainly either... Um, yeah, wicked women, um, sort of um, uh, temptresses. Um, generally, even good, even the good ones are often prostitutes. Um, yeah, that was the only picture in the in the my book of Bible stories, and I thought that's a nice picture of some nice women. And it turns out it's like them, like with their tambourines, oh, yeah. and it's like a story about <laughs> prostitutes. Yeah. yeah, and I was like, that's a nice one. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah. You've got. I some, you, uh, I'm thinking about the yeah. um, the, the few women that you could say are, are are pointed to as as examples, if you like. You've got Sarah, who's Abraham's wife. She's she's mentioned. She's an important Bible character, although we don't really know much about her other than she was a you know God fearing woman. Um, and then we know a little bit about. Well, Deborah was a judge, um, and then you've got Jael. I think it is uh, who. Uh, put a tent peg through the head of um, yeah committed murder uh, yeah and uh, and then yeah you kind of you're into Esther yeah Genocide, and the wife of Naaman what about the wife of Naaman she she did this great thing this was so important but we don't even know her name mm. um, you've got Lot's wife who gets turned into a pillar of salt we don't know her name we've got Lot's daughters she had a picture in the book <laughs> yeah she does have a picture <laughs> Lot's daughters who are offered. Uh, to the men of the city of Sodom to rape them, um, in so they that don't is rape the guests. Story in the Bible, honestly. awful. Yeah. So yeah, it's um, and then what's David? Oh, I've forgotten David's um, David and Bathsheba. Bathsheba. Yeah, temptress. The baby that um, so he he has an affair with her and um, uh, her her husband. He makes sure he he's killed. So he basically murders her husband um, mm. to hide the fact that he's got gotten her pregnant um mm. jehovah tells him through his prophet that he's done this terrible thing and the punishment is that the baby's going to die uh mm. what's the baby done poor baby um and then yeah just to throw out there so abortion is not allowed but if god's <laughs> angry yeah. you oh yeah he, he, he wields that sword quite regularly in the bible <laughs> yeah absolutely yes yeah, nice so um yeah and there's like all sorts of uh, the woman at the well talking to jesus yeah. you know there, there are some women mentioned obviously um but not that many and so most are most are no. considered to be um yeah well again it's um it, it feeds through as well into um we've not even mentioned like women's like uh options in how you present yourself and like having 
care for how mm-hmm. you look and things like that or like you know you must wear skirts or, or you, you should you should or head covering you should look um you know nicely done up if you're going to the meeting so you look like you've made an effort but not yeah. too much so that you look like a Jezebel. because charm is deceptive um, and beauty is fleeting but a woman who fears the lord is to be praised proverbs 31 oh, 13 well my um i know a story of apparently um mum won't mind it's a story of her she had red nail oh, polish on and she was washing her hands at the hall and someone called her a jezebel yeah. I, yeah, and things like, like that that's a very cultural yeah, moment and, and things you. like that although like obviously that is incredibly shocking that is not the first time i've heard stuff mm. like that and any it, and, it, oh, and no. you just what gives you the right and the audacity mm. to say that to somebody when really it's just I something simple like red nail polish what where do you get that confidence from that you go up to somebody and, and say that? It's mm. fascinating. I know. It is intense, yeah. isn't it? I think it's like, I don't, it, it's, um, I remember when we were studying English at school and you know when everything has to be analysed when you're writing a school paper and you're like, oh, the, the red dress yeah. meant this and the, you know, the curtains were blue and that meant this and all this, um, that they probably were just being descriptive at the time. Not everything had a <laughs> symbolic meaning, but it feels like when you're at the hall, everything does have a yeah, symbolic a really meaning and paint your nails red has goes to, you know, GCSE English paper territory and it's like, oh, you're doing it to be a yeah. temptress, not just because you like red yeah, nail polish. Yes, yeah. No, I think that's a really yeah. good point, actually. Um, it's something Jill mentioned, isn't it? sometimes just exist. Yeah, it's something Jill mentioned when she came on the on the podcast that she, mm. she'd noticed that. Uh, again, I, I might um, suggest that that might become less of an issue as, mm. as, um, as society changes. And again, I think I've said this before, but you know, Jehovah's Witnesses pretend that they're completely separate from society. You know, they're, they're not um, they're not going to be dictated to by what society thinks is OK and isn't OK. So mm-hmm. we're a separate culture, essentially. But that's not true, you know, because if you look at the way women are treated now compared to where the way they were treated when I was a young, young guy growing up, um, it's different. And it's different it's because slow, women won't put up different. with it. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Also, I guess they can't they try very to me it seems like the organization tries carefully to not be seen too much as this because they know that it wouldn't go down well especially when you're knocking on doors and you know they've got an image of like you said a couple sweet ladies coming to your door and knocking on your door and you know you wouldn't no one seems to know these things until you start talking with people about it like my friend's didn't know the witnesses very strong opinions of women and or like lgbt people and things like that so i don't know if it's calculated or not but it feels a little bit that they don't don't put it in the magazines yeah you know it's very much culturally once you're in and i think um i don't know if you would agree with me Stephen. even down to whatever congregation you're in is different yeah there there are differences um there is some definitely um, sorry to interrupt, uh, Stephen. Mm. And definitely, um, when it comes to the elders, the elder bodies, mm. there are some very strong personalities in certain congregations, and their personal preferences will dictate the culture of that congregation. Oh, certainly. certainly, yeah. Mm, yeah. Oh, certainly. Yeah, so. um, yeah, yeah. there was um, when I was growing up. I think I may have talked about this before, but there was a a big thing about some slits in skirts. Oh, gosh, yeah. Um, this was a, this was a big issue. Um, and I, I've, I've talked about this on the podcast before, but, uh, probably not, not with you, uh, producer Bob. Uh, and, um, I remember at a, an assembly 
a circuit overseer, our circuit overseer, um, saying, because he happened to be somebody that was in the forces before he became a witness. He was a sailor. And he, he said, you know, when I'd go to different countries as a sailor, you know, the women would come into the bars and um, he said, you knew who were the prostitutes because they had the slit in their skirt. And he said, the higher the slit, the lower the price. This is on an assembly from the platform where you've got women, obviously, of all ages, who generally like to get a bit doled up for the assembly because mm. that's the one chance one you've chance got to meet somebody. Nice. <laughs> um, yeah. And, yeah, you know, I, I guess that's that's pretty... Um, oh, I can't imagine Steve, what that feels I mean, like if you're a woman. Um, <laughs> when I, I mean, that is just shocking, but, again, I'm not surprised. Shocking but not surprised. Um, there was a thing um, in where I lived where... Um, ankle bracelets if you wore yeah. an ankle bracelet that apparently i don't know i um history of prostitution mm. apparently that used to signify you were a prostitute yeah. well um i like jewelry <laughs> my mum likes jewelry so you know i mean I, even when i was a teenager and i started wearing a toe ring my dad had something to say about that initially um, yeah. I kind of just ignored him and I still wear a toe ring to this day. But like, it's just so bizarre, isn't it? You know, it, like, it's yeah. imprinted on everybody. Lots, lot of, um, lot of symbols. Maybe we should do a podcast where we just talk about yeah. all the symbols that apparently, you yeah. know, because that's, that's a whole subject of, um, of theory anyway. You could do, yeah, JW symbology. But, you know, especially <laughs> and, when it comes to tight pants. Means? Oh god! <laughs> yeah. Oh god! Yeah. So yeah. the men don't get away with it now, which is actually no. It seems in, in to be actually that bizarre they, way. They have to. <laughs> oh goodness! Um, I, I don't know. We you weren't in then, Stephen. Were you when that no. came out? You'd long gone. Yeah. No, they did watch it with a did glass you? of wine and laugh. I <laughs> came downstairs and they were just like hysterically. I mean, when I, yeah. Well, I was just yeah. so confused. I was confused. I, didn't, and I was in. I was just like. <laughs> How yeah. Weird. Well, it's just like this is. This is so yeah. weird mm. and uncomfortable mm. and baffling, and it feels a bit yeah. And like, is this man just closeted and he's desperately trying to convince everyone he's mm. not? I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Like, it just felt weird. Well, Julia. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. Odd. I mean, um, I don't, I don't know whether. I mean, again, I think Stephen, you've probably been out too long for this, but um, probably about 10, 15 years ago. Um, all the congregations were issued with um, a, a leaflet, a directive mm. of um, if you were to go to Bethel on a tour, um, what mm. you could wear. And oh, that, that was done quite regularly. Yeah. 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 Oh, you, you, yeah, yeah, there's saw, photographs mm. of acceptable outfits yeah. and unacceptable outfits. No, I didn't on. see that. Mm. Yeah, I saw I saw that on someone's Twitter recently and I was like, I didn't know it was like literally that. Like I thought it was like, Women wear your skirts. Men wear, you know, Honestly, it was a nightmare. Yeah. It, it was it, as a yeah. as a young woman. Um, it, mm. Whenever you like, like when your dad just said, you know, when you would go to assemblies and conventions, especially when you were younger, it was an opportunity to like, you know, mm. meet people, and you'd want to have mm. a new outfit because it was something mm. nice. It's one of the like, one occasions you yeah. could actually, you know, get dressed up for. And um, it was a nightmare because you you know you, you, your mum would be checking your skirt length. You, if you had um, straps that were slightly too thin, you're showing off too too much shoulder. Yeah. You'd have a thicker strap. Couldn't have a one sided um, you know one sided no. strap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Probably diverting a little bit, but it's just it, it's just the women are so still, you know regular yeah. kept in your box. Stay where you are. Mm. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, this is this is kind of purity culture coming out, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so you know, yeah. women, um, do you dress to thrill? Was one of the was one of the things that um, I remember being said on the, from the platform. Um, so you know, are you are you stumbling your your male brothers um, with your dress because you know it's not modest? It's, it's this that ties in with. Um, so some of this you can laugh at because it's so ridiculous, mm. but then it it's also an issue because it ties into victim yeah. culture and things like that, yeah. where it's like, you know. Oh, did you, you know, um, did you encourage it? What were you wearing? You know, if you come to an elder and say, this is what's happened. Well, um, you know, or you look to literature and it says things like um, what Donna read, which is consider that they're a man and that they were going through difficult mm. things and like, don't be mean, don't turn on your brother. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it creates some, yeah, some things it's like, oh, it has some um, horrible lady saying, or you're a Jezebel Ooh. and that's funny now, but then it scales up, yeah, doesn't definitely. it? And I, um, and that's I think the what, issue. Uh, going with what you've just said, but also referring back to what you said about the Bible storybook and the pictures that you saw of the mm. when you were younger of the pretty women. Mm-hmm. Now bear in mind that, that book is aimed at children. That's the book that yeah. we all read when we were children and that's usually what you got as your bedtime story. Yeah. And I'm sure um you've seen all the pictures. All throughout how women are presented pictorially again is very interesting. Mm. What you've just said, you know, you thought, oh, these look really nicely dressed ladies, but you found out they mm. were prostitutes and they were there with their hoop earrings mm. and their bangles, you know. And mm. then, you, of course, you've got Jezebel, yeah. who I loved that picture, you know, where she's <laughs> like bright red mm. lipstick, you know, fantastic mm-hmm. outfit, big talons of red, bright red nails your mum would be proud mm-hmm. and she's like there on, you know just about to be shoved out the window all dramatically but then you mm-hmm. get the Israelite mm-hmm. women that are in there playing you know a white garb with like mm-hmm. perhaps a blue belt or something and a big head and and and, it, and it's mm-hmm. that again is indoctrination isn't it when you when you think back you're being presented even as a child pictorially with how women should be and how the bad women are you know yeah yeah, there's good women yeah. and there's bad women, and it's binary. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's it. Yeah, it's, it's it's difficult to know um, how that's going to, if it's going to change really, because again, we, we keep coming back to this fact that they are, they are basing these rules and regulations, although you know, very Pharisaical in in the fact that they are even going beyond the uh, the Bible, but the principles, you know, I I would suggest are reflecting biblical ideas because that's the way that that it was in those cultures um how how that's going to change i don't know because you know that's that's not going to change so they're going to have to find a route through if they're going to find a way to deal with that other than just doubling down and um you know i don't know they have a they have a a solid history of doubling down mm. don't they you know two witness rule and mm. things like that i i think if they can keep saying that i can't see them being like and also actually you know women can wear trousers now i don't i don't know i'll be really surprised mm. well, it's inconsistent i'm listening to uh, lloyd's uh, interview recently with um daniel graves i thought mm. that was quite interesting so daniel um was uh, until very recently a member of the US branch and he was involved in the production of films and so on and he made the point that he was working with women and men so the women were, were on the kind of behind the cramp the camera doing a lot of the production work and so on um, 
So I, I thought to myself, what's the what's the difference in that and doing the microphones? <laughs> Why can't women do microphones? But they yeah. can they can produce a highly produced uh, television well, show. It'd be quite interesting, actually, to drill a little bit more on what they were actually doing. Um, mm. The reason I say that is because um, you've just you've just prompted a memory in my mind um, of the conventions. Um, obviously, they haven't been in person for a couple of years due to the pandemic, mm. but. Um, I have a friend who, well, they're a couple, and um, the man um, is heavily involved in the backstage of setting up the convention. So he would mm-hmm. get ready with all of the, you know, all the speaker system, and he would be doing all of that. Um, and her job was, um, <laughs> sorry to laugh, was to tap powder on the faces of the people that were going on the platform as, as mm. to speak so her job makeup. was makeup mm. <laughs> and and i just thought it was really funny because why can't you first of all why can't you do that yourself if you're about mm. to go on stage and they're worried about shine just put a bit of powder mm. on yourself and secondly you know she's quite capable why couldn't she help with setting up the the, the power you know and the microphone system and stuff mm. and it's just so interesting and then what you've just said about it, daniel I, I i'm not sure what the detail was on what the women were doing but it would mm. be quite interesting to see if they were more involved in the making of costumes what mm. what side good of the production yeah, were they question. doing yeah yeah i don't know yeah 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 it's good it's a good question i remember when i went to pioneer school um they uh the the, the circuit overseer who was taking the school was saying things like, um, you know, when when people say, you know, why can't women be bus drivers and lorry drivers? You know, well, that's not the way we think, he said, you know. Um, so, yeah, it's it's quite extreme. It was quite extreme. I wonder, you know, again, how much that's changed and whether things will change. I, I think they'll always be very far behind um, the rest of society, I think. But Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It was quite interesting. I, I, I had a little bit of a look when we were preparing for this and um, I was watched a little a brief lecture um, somebody was doing about the Bible and talking mm. about the old-fashioned ways, the old-fashioned language that it has. Um, and the question was asked, you know, should the Bible be updated for modern times? Should, you know, mm. we review the sexist language that's perhaps, you know, used... And the conclusion was that perhaps not really, because that kind of changes the purpose of the Bible, that, that, you know, you should see it for what it really is. If you're going to follow yes. it, this is what you're following. You know, mm. if you change the biblical teachings and the biblical verses to reflect modern times, you're changing the Bible, really. Um, I agree with that, yeah. don't you? Yeah. yeah. I, don't, I think, you know, if you want to live a different life and obviously i do yeah. then you can and you don't need a religious yeah. text that's been altered to mm. do that yeah i guess is I my feeling that's, that's right it's got to be uh, authentic i think otherwise yeah yeah you're yeah what's the point absolutely mm. yeah mm. um is there anything that we've missed that we wanted to, to talk about on this um yeah this i just podcast? wanted to make a point i know we're talking predominantly about women but i just wanted to mm. again kind of referring to this lecture that I just briefly watched mm. um how they how they talked about how God is presented in the Bible and we often refer to God as he even though actually God mm. is genderless as far as we know you know it's not yeah. actually we, we we are as humans putting a gender on him and the Bible writers um you know put him as a he um and it was quite interesting because what they were saying was actually in the bible um he actually even though he might be referred to as the warrior king he's also referred to 
in some contexts as a woman in childbirth or the loving mother. Mm. So, you know, God could also be seen as a female, as in a female gender. Mm. So rather should they just be referred to, you know, should God be referred to as they, them? Um, and it, I just think it's interesting because, you know, how God is presented in in these uh, Christian, well, Christian and Jewish sorts of denominations is always the male, um, strong. The female side of him mm. is the the caring, nurturing side. And I just think, obviously, that's reflected in in how people um, go on to teach the Bible and how they teach how women should be in, in the place in the religion. And um, yeah, like you just said, it, it would be quite difficult, I think, to bring that up to modern standards and modern yeah see I, I heard that and I I thought that was one of those areas where she was stretching the truth yeah. quite a lot um I can't think yeah. of any scriptures in the Bible where it's really clear that God is being talked about where God is feminized um it talks about things like um childbirth giving birth yeah. birth pangs and and so on um, but I think that's really stretching. Yeah. It's not the persona of God. You know, God as an individual is is exclusively, in in, in my view, um, a male character. Um, there might be sections in the Bible that use metaphor, um, you know, that, that God is, you know, maybe um, giving birth to mm. things or causing things. But I think that's really stretching it. Yeah. Um, I, I agreed with the points you made that, you know, if, if it is sexist, then mm. it is sexist, you yeah, know, yeah. don't change it. But then I thought to try and, um, I, I'll be, I mean, you know, I, I'm happy to be proven wrong on that one if there are scriptures. I suppose they're referring to potentially versions of the Bible that you've not read because you will have read a very well, specific I think personally what I think what she's referring to are sections in Revelation where Jehovah's Witnesses would describe that as things like Jehovah's Organization or Jehovah's Kingdom. Yeah. And things oh. like that as opposed to the God itself yeah. or himself. Um but again this is where interpretation I guess um might might differ. Yeah. Um but yeah I'm you know happy to be if anybody listening knows which yeah. these passages And also are. though what way does it would if you wanted to have like a philosophical debate on it what what makes him a he other than human's decision to make exactly. him a he yeah. um is what I would say. So even if it's like okay um not also referred to as a she is that just because it was written by yeah. men for yeah. men, I it suppose, is. rather yeah. than, yeah. yeah. So, um, I, I, but yeah, it would, if, if certain uh, churches or religious groups started referring to God as they, then that it would, would be interesting oh, to open up the, the fact that non-binary no. and, <laughs> yeah, they're like, church is being forced oh, to be non-binary. Yeah. Oh, that's that's you know, really having, was, having to yeah, say they and them. That's interesting because cause then we yeah. have like, yeah you know we have mother nature that we refer to and she's all i was going to mention about pagan pagan religions because um i I did a little bit of looking up that because i thought you know that's how can we contrast Mm -hmm. so you know looking at islam i think they have a similar problem although i'm not uh, you know don't know anything about it really but it seems to me there's a similar issue there um Mm -hmm. and but if you look at pagan religions then it's much more equal you know you've got uh, lots of women who are very uh, mm-hmm. prominent in in pagan sort of shamanistic practices and so on some of these ancient uh local religions mm. seem to have a very different approach to um to it so it is quite it is very much reflecting what the book itself the yes. holy book that is used by these denominations mean whereas paganism is much more around 
nature and there's you know obviously there's a big feminine element to to that um which is Mm, interesting i think i think it's nice in that there's like feminine and masculine traits to to both Mm. of it do you know what i mean when you talk about nature there's you know whatever you'd say traditionally feminine is traditionally masculine whereas i guess like like i guess in terms of why people maybe say he for god and and that's the reason it's been uh written down that way is that um at least in the first in the old testament god is quite a wrathful angry like version of masculinity like it's a very Mm. like hard version of masculinity so maybe that's why people Mm. say he one might say toxic toxic (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah. so maybe that's why it's more yeah culturally why yeah i was um, i was i was gonna say about jesus because we haven't mentioned about jesus really and and you said um producer bob that obviously the bible comes in two parts and of course it does um we used to call it the hebrew and greek scriptures the old and the new testament but it's almost like Mm. if you look at um the gospels around jesus the way he taught to women um and about women it's actually quite different Mm -hmm. to the way that the first century christians talked about him you know you get the feeling that jesus had a very um egalitarian view of of men and women the way he talked to them and often his 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 disciples would say things and he'd say no leave leave them alone you know sort of thing um and Mm. i'm get you know i might i might be stretching it here but you get the feeling that jesus was a bit different but then when it gets taken over by the apostle paul particularly the ex-pharisee um he's very you know very much again um making women subservient i I don't know whether you you see that yeah i do i do i think jesus comes across as um quite a gentle sort of character Mm. quite a, Mm. a kind man um and he does, mm. I mean, that's how he's presented to me. Anyway, I always mm. felt quite drawn to him um, in that way because I just think he come, He mm. does come across as very kind towards women and children. Um, mm. Like you said, very differently presented, um, which is interesting, definitely. I think it is very interesting. Mm. You know, the first century Christians, really, they, they uh, tra- blazed the trail of what would become um, Christendom um the catholic church and and then all the offshoots from that mm. that all stems from that first century where the the congregations were being established you know in ephesus corinthians and, and all of that corinth mm. um and that's that's the 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 beginning of what would become this huge religion that, that we now know as as christianity um so i think that that's very important to think about what the what the characters were like at that time and what their their views were you know obviously peter was a you know did know jesus he was with jesus but the apostle paul never did he was a he was a pharisee persecuting christians you know mm-hmm. so actually what sort of guy was he and and as you say look at all the a lot of his pronouncements about women and it's hard not to um not to get the conclusion that mm-hmm. he wasn't a big fan he sounds he sounds like um he sounds like OG incel, <laughs> you know, like angry yeah. at women because they don't like him enough or something. Yeah. Do you know what I mean, maybe had some he, real atrocious yeah, dates. He's, I don't he, know. he's known for barking about how women should be quiet in the congregation yeah. and stuff. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Well, um, thankfully, we don't have to. Um, we don't have to follow that. I, I mean, there might be some of our listeners who 
still have a lot of belief in the Bible and still, you know, feel that the Bible is is the word of God. I'd be interested in uh, their views, your views yeah. about what we've talked about. You know, how you, if you think that the Bible is still uh, the book that we need to follow, how you reconcile that with with views about women and, and so on. So, you know, it might be mm. interesting to get some discussion going on that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Cool. Good. Well, are we are we done? Have we done that subject? Yeah. I think so. Well, yeah, I really want to come yeah. back to what you said, Celine, about um symbolism and yeah. you know in the religion and stuff. Yeah. I think that would be a really good topic to talk about. Okay. Definitely. That's, that's one they... for the future then. Yeah, okay, definitely. that's our next topic. Oh, yeah. I'll make a list. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I know. We actually we do I have did... a list of things, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll start a symbol Brilliant. list next as well. We've got a list of all the podcasts we need to do. We'll start like a little side tab on symbols. Well, yeah, I mean the whole episode could could be around that, couldn't it? You know what what are yeah definitely um, the symbols and metaphors that uh, we uh-huh. kind of grew up with, and uh, yeah, yeah, there's, there's a lot of interesting ones there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll, we'll do like a um, in this paper. Um, I will discuss the symbols of JWs. <laughs> Yeah, and I just want to say, um, I'm not sure when this this is going to come out, um, this episode, but um, we uh, this is not long after we did our dreams episode, and um, yeah. people didn't listen to me when I said I wasn't interested in your dreams. They've been sending me their dreams, telling me about. I them. said I was interested. <laughs> well, they didn't send it to you. They sent it to me. Yeah, I know. That's great. I'm glad. <laughs> but anyway, no, I, I was very interested, actually. It's very, very, very interesting. So thank mm-hmm. you for that. Mm-hmm. Always brilliant to get a lot of um, interaction, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, Lovely thank stuff. you very much, uh, Producer Bob, for joining us today. Thank you for having um, me. And we've got our next subject already yeah. lined up. Brilliant. Um, so that's brilliant. And, um, yeah, thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Um, and if you want to become a patron that's always lovely Um, so yeah thank you very much thank you Bye. bye what should I think about is an evil sheep production